Welcome to Middle Grade Mavens, where two author mums discuss their favourite middle grade books, provide recommendations and share insider industry tips for authors trying their hand at middle grade. Julianne Grasso is the author of the Frankie DuPont mystery series, cupcake enthusiast and part-time children's literacy wrangler. Pamela Eucherman is a writer, web designer and creative dance teacher who sometimes finds time for sleep. Both Julie and Pamela devour middle grade books, not only for research, but to share with their combined brood of four munchkins. Hi, Pamela, and welcome back to Middle Grade Mavens. Here we are again. Yes, and not a sick child or bulldozer in sight. (laughs) Knock on wood, hey? It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) that's right so tell us what is the title of today's book today i'm reviewing the apostrophe posse by tina raffa mulligan i think that might be the first book we've ever reviewed with punctuation in the title (laughs) it's definitely one for uh writers we love going on about yes now would you read the jacket blurb for us Sure. Trouble comes to Tea Tree Bend. In cowboy movies, the sheriff forms a posse to round up all the bad guys. Cam and Ellie from Daisy Cottage and their friends Billy and Louisa have formed a different posse. Their mission is to find and fix all the signs in Tea Tree Bend with missing apostrophes. The summer holidays are almost over, so they have just nine days to complete their task. How can trying to do the right thing go so wrong? Oh, very interesting. <laughs> Sounds a bit like something, you know, we, we might want to do. <laughs> yes, yes. Fix up all the, all the apostrophe. It's, it's great because it's sort of, you know, set in real life. Like, you know, this does, you know, you do walk down the, the street and the butchers have got an extra apostrophe. Oh, obviously. fun. <laughs> yes, I've lately found that I have quite a passion for capitalisation. Oh, right. <laughs> so... <laughs> That could be the next book. So what um, genre would you class this as? As contemporary fiction. Yes. And what is the estimated word count? So this is a very short book. It's probably around 10,000 words. Um, See, I'd say it's on that blurred line between junior fiction and lower middle grade. It's just a real, real thin little book. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've had a few of those the last um, few episodes and I guess, yeah, we, we want to sort of point out that they are the next stepping stone to middle grade. So, Yeah, I'm, I am a little fascinated in that sort of step up from um, illustrated books and, and, you know, really lower junior fiction into, into middle grade. And, you know, I've, I've got my – both of my kids are quite strong readers but neither of them have, have graduated into reading novels to themselves yet. So I'm sort of, you know – intrigued how that's going to work and, and what will be the book that will get them into it. But also, yeah. you know, I've had quite a lot of reading to do lately, so um, <laughs> <laughs> a few short books for, for middle grade mavens, but I will be back into longer books soon. Well, you know how it makes my heart sing when I hear of a shorter manuscript. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what drew you to this book? Yeah, well, like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by that bridge, and you know, I have I've written a book myself that's and self published that's around the same length, which um, 
I sold to kids sort of between six and, and nine, even up to the age of nine. And, and they loved it because they, they loved that it was, you know, short and um, and funny, and but also just quick, like easy to read and, and sort of drew them in and bang, 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 and then it was done. So, yeah, yeah. I, I love seeing other books like this. Um, and so when Romy Sharp from Books on Tour and Just Write for Kids offered me this one, I thought, oh, yeah. And Tina Tina Mulligan has been around for a long time and she used to run the Australian Children's Poetry website, which is a great site if you're looking for poetry for kids, by the way. Um, and so, yeah, so I agreed to review it for her. Oh, wonderful. So tell us about it. Yeah, so as I mentioned, it's easy to see where the idea for this book came from. Um, so a group of children, they notice signs around their town that are either missing apostrophes or have superfluous apostrophes um, and, you know, they know it's not right and they want to fix it up. So they decide to form a posse that goes out at night to fix them. However, it's not as easy as it sounds and each attempt at fixing a sign ends up in damage and destruction, unfortunately. It becomes harder to hide their deeds and the shop owners think that they're being vandalised and are braying for blood. So the posse realises that perhaps owning up would be the best course of action. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, so it's not, it's not uh, you know, ground in the whole apostrophe thing. It, it's actually yeah, more sort of an adventure story, I guess. They, they go out to try and fix things and end up making, it, making things worse. So, yeah. Yeah. So what was your overall enjoyment? Yeah, this is a, it's a gentle book. That it's, it's more about owning up to your mistakes, as I said, than it is about poor punctuation. And we've talked about the need for shorter books. And I, I do think there needs to be more, more of this type for um, reluctant readers and for just, just stepping up to that less, you know, less illustrated book. Um, but unfortunately, because, because books like this have such a thin spine, publishers and, and booksellers um, prefer them to either be a, a series or, you know, to have a lot of illustrations in order to pad them out a bit so that they stand out on the shelf. So, there's not a lot of books like this, but it was it was good because it was a, just a short, you know, easy read. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. And, and like I said, it wasn't all about fixing up apostrophes. It was about this adventure that these children were having. So, oh, yeah. Oh, great. So who will love this book? What age would you recommend it for? Yeah, I think it's just a perfect gentle book for emerging read- readers around the ages of six and up. And I think we can assume for reluctant readers and confident readers as well. Yeah, you know, confident readers who want a quick, quick short read, it's it's great. And then, um, yeah, for reluctant readers who just don't want to be who who don't want to be put off by you know thick spine or too much text. Yeah. Yep. Oh well, that is Pamela's eighteenth review. Hey, so what will you be reviewing today, Julie? Today I have The Boy Who Flew by Fleur Hitchcock. Ah, okay. I hadn't heard about this one before, so I'm interested to hear. Yeah, I think I might have seen it on um, on Twitter and there's a hashtag. It's something like School Book Club. It's an American um, hashtag, I guess. Um, and I saw the book and just went, ooh. <laughs> so <laughs> had to have it. Yeah. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so Ethan Wilde dreams of flight. When his friend, Mr. Chen, is murdered, Ethan must rescue the flying machine they were building together 
and stop it falling into the wrong hands. But keeping the machine safe puts his family in terrible danger. What will Athan choose, flight or family? From the acclaimed author of Murder in Midwinter, Fleur Hitchcock's The Boy Who Flew is a thrilling, murderous tale set among the steep rooftops and slippery characters of Athan's intricately imagined world, perfect for fans of Philip Pullman, Peter Bunzel and Philip Reeve. So this sounds a bit like it's on the other side of the spectrum of middle grade fiction, sounds it's like on the higher end. Yeah, yes, definitely. And what genre would you class it as? I would call this middle grade mystery slash horror in a historical setting. (laughs) It sounds like a perfect Julie book to me. Yes, I've just made up my own genre yet again. (laughs) And what about the word count? I definitely say above 40,000, um, but as we have discovered, I am often wrong, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, for that, for that upper middle grade area, that's yeah. about the minimum, isn't it, really, 40K? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what drew you to this book? Yeah, the book cover, of course, um, it's absolutely brilliant, and I'm very intrigued by this kind of grimy old English tale. I haven't seen the book cover. Um, well, I will once I get the uh, get the webpage for this episode going. But <laughs> yes, it's so brilliant. Okay. Um, all right. Can you tell us more about the book? Yeah. So, Ethan Wilde is a young boy just trying to keep his head above water. Working for Mister Chen has given him more than the coins in his pocket, which he needs so desperately to keep his family afloat. A family being his evil grandmother who does nothing but complain and chant curses and incantations to drive out the fairies who supposedly took Athan's younger sister Beatty's ability to walk. Then there's Polly, his older sister, who's a seamstress and pretty much pays the family way by making coats and dresses for the quality. The quality being the upper class, that is. Then there's Ma, who doesn't do much of anything now that Athan's father took flight. Working for Mr. Chen has given Ethan skills and knowledge and the ability to think outside the box, which is more than anyone has ever given Ethan Wilde. When Mr. Chen is killed, Ethan knows it's because of the strange contraption Mr. Chen was building, which he was convinced would make it possible for a person to fly. Someone knows Ethan has stashed the contraption somewhere and they will do anything to find it, especially when 10,000 guineas are at stake, rewarded to the first person to take to the skies. Wow. <clears throat> Sounds amazing. Ah, uh, it was such a great book. <laughs> Sounds uh, very involved, the plot. Very complicated. Yeah, intricate would be the word, yeah. Yeah. And so what was your enjoyment of this book? Yeah, this was um, riveting and gritty to its core. <coughs> Excuse me, just have to choke. So I was drawn into Athan's plight by the dismal world that he inhabits with all the women of his family. Although the murder was off-scene, the book was quite graphic in tone, which made the world come alive. There were heart-in-mouth moments, and you could not help falling in love with Athan's darling sisters, Beatty being the youngest, who has crippled legs, and then there's his gorgeous older sister, Polly. 
The mystery was really well done, but I will warn you, the happy ending is bittersweet in this tale, and I can't help thinking that the author left this somewhat open for further stories and character development within Ethan Wilde's world. Wow. Mm, it does sound like it's um, for the upper age. Yeah. I so, think, yeah. I think I might even say 10 plus yeah. due to the complexity of the story and the graphicness of the scenes, but it was such a brilliant book. Mm. I was uh, I was reading, um, and I think you're going to review it soon, uh, Megan Daly's book, uh, Raising yeah. And there was a part in there she was talking about how the in the upper primary levels there are some of the children who are, you know, sort of 10, 11 years old, maybe up to 12, who are sort of begging for darker, grittier content. Yes. And then you have the ones who are still reading about rainbow fairies and unicorns, you know. Yeah, it's such yes. a juxtapose. Like yeah. I have also read Megan's book and I found that so interesting because – yeah, there does get a point where kids are just crying out for books that make them cry and have heart, and I'm like, oh, we are so not there yet, <laughs> but I think we will be one day. So, uh, but, you know, it, but it is, you know, there are some kids, not not all kids. It's, it, you know, it's yeah. such a big spectrum of of experience and of maturity and emotion. You know, how emotional they can handle can handle things. I suppose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, um, and, you know, like I, I think I've said before is, you know, when I was a teenager, I'd read everything from my dad's Tom Clancy to, you know, um, Mills and Boone to Babysitter's Clubs just in between. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, sounds like, um, yeah, there'd be a f- few people who would really, few kids who would really get into this. Yeah. So um, do you think it's more for confident readers? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think just for the fact that, I mean, there was a murder um, and it's there's a, a very intricate mystery, and even the setting. I mean, it's set in the 19th century, and it, it was just so complex and detailed. I mean, it was so brilliant. But yeah, I think 10 plus would love this with very confident reading on board. Okay, sounds good. So that is the 18th review for Middle Grade Mavens. Yes, and we have a little special something coming up. We are about to hit our 2,000th listen podcast. Yes. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> um, so we are going to have a little competition, a little giveaway. If you'd mm-hmm. like to know the details of the giveaway, please see our social media. Um, Which reminds me we should put that on social media. <laughs> we will. Well, this episode will come out on the 10th of May. So if you're listening around the 10th of May, then watch out for the giveaway and you could win a book pack. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Thanks and we'll see you next time. We weren't kidding when we said we have some sparkling new books coming to you live from our living rooms. Next up, Pamela reviews Sherlock Bones and the Natural History Mystery, written and illustrated by Renee Tremel. And Julie reviews Raising Readers by Megan Daly. Plus, we've managed to wrangle Megan into the middle grade maven's hot seat for some authorly banter. 
If you'd like to know more about the Mavens, log on to middlegradepodcast.com or to find Julie online, drop by julieangrassobooks.com and to find Pamela, stop by www.ueckerman.net.